Okay, welcome to another episode of the Startup Sack Podcast. Um, and today uh, we're at um, in Midtown again at uh, Old Soul Coffee in Weatherstone. And I've got with me um, Elizabeth Dodson, the founder or co-founder of Homzada, and we're shooting out in the wild again in the in the wilds of entrepreneurs here in, in Sacramento. So there's going to be a little bit of noise. So apologize for that. But welcome to the show. Uh, let's have you start off introducing yourself. What's your background in entrepreneurship and, and business, and then you can segue into what Homzada is. That's perfect. Thank you for having me. Um, my background, I started at a company called Meridian Systems. I was an early stage employee at this startup. It was here, based in Sacramento. And it was all about commercial construction project management software. So for anyone who doesn't understand what this is, when you think of all the major buildings around um, the world, the solutions that Meridian offered were used to actually build those buildings. And you have to track documents, you have to track um, details of the project, communication strategies, plans, contractors, people, all those different things. And so that organization was my first entrance into startups. And I actually moved from the East Coast to Sacramento to take this opportunity, and I loved it. Had the best time. For anyone who's ever considering working for a startup, I definitely suggest you do it. You learn a lot in that experience, and um, you get to try different activities and roles within the organization because there's just so many things that need to get done. And you can determine your own path through the organization, and you can take multiple strategies, which I think is amazing for anyone who likes change like I do or who likes to contribute as well to a company and help it grow. We helped the company grow. It grew. We took late stage funding because we had to create a new enterprise application at that organization as well as we introduced one of the very first SaaS models, software as a service model or some people refer to it as the cloud today, to our customer base and um, with that it required funding at the time. Um, and so so we took away stage funding, so only one round of funding, and it was sealed. So we skipped everything else because we bootstrapped everything. And then um, with that C round of funding, we were able to build those solutions. And then we were able to sell to companies not only in the construction space, but also in the owner-operator space. Companies like Target and Disney and the General Services Administration, the Illinois Tollway Authority. So it took our company to the next level. At that point, um, Meridian was then sold to a publicly traded company called Trimble. It's an amazing company. They continue to allow the company to grow. And to this day, many of the employees are still with the company. Um, my three co-founders, uh, two co-founders and myself, excuse me, so there's three of us, David, John, and myself, all used to work together at Meridian. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we all knew each other. And during that process and working for Meridian, I said to myself, there's got to be a better way. I have to be able to manage my house more effectively. I see that we can manage all of these large amazing projects in the world, yet I don't have anything to manage my house. Very frustrating. So that's what Homes Auto is all about, is, is managing is. your house. It is. And so, like any company that um, you start, many companies are started out of personal need. Mm -hmm. And when your hot water heater breaks and you're taking a cold shower, you realize that you need something to help you stay on top of all the different details about your house. Motivation so, <laughs> from the cold shower. Motivation from the cold shower. And so, so basically, um, what we did was, during that time, I had literally said for 10 years, I'm going to go find a solution. Someone else I know built it. I know they did. 
and for 10 years I looked. No one built a solution. What time frame was this? This was probably from 2000 to 2010. And I just kept looking and looking because I was like, I was already part of an amazing software company here in the uh, Sacramento region. I didn't need to be a part of something else. But lo and behold, no one had created it. And one of my co-founders, specifically John, he came to me and he said, I think you're onto something. You want to jump into another startup? That's how the conversation went. Because you guys already had the startup bug. Exactly. And I said, are you crazy? I'll be, be the person to admit. But then at first I thought about it and I said, I'll get what I want. I'll be able to help other customers manage their home. And I'll be able to get back into the startup bug because once you catch it, you really don't ever lose it. And so for anyone who's ever done a startup or who hasn't and you're considering it, know that you may actually want to do it over and over and over again because it's really exciting. So John, David, and myself used to work together. We came together. We decided to create what is now Homzada. And Homzada is all about managing the details about your house in the cloud. Um, it's easier to manage those details nowadays. What we take a look at is you have content in your home. You also have the structure of your home. So we want to be able to help you manage all of those details of those contents in case something were to happen. In fact, I have three friends that lost their house in the Sacramento region to fires, just fluky fires. So how can you protect your stuff or at least have it documented when a claim is necessary? Mm -hmm. The next thing that we did was maintenance. Um, everybody doesn't know how to take care of their house. And remember that hot water heater that broke? Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that I really needed to flush the hot water here. And so that simple task, had I done that, would have created a longevity of that hot water heater because the hot water heater was brand new, it was only two years old. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is crazy. They should last 15 to 20 years. So that was also an added expense that I was stressing about. So how do I do that? And then we also had projects. And that goes back from our project management like, experience. Like maintenance for like, like improvement projects? Improvement projects, that's correct. Remodeling improvement projects, mm -hmm. design projects, fix it projects. So mm -hmm. that hot water heater, when I needed to fix it, I needed to track that project and document when I had installed the new one so that I know when the new one was going to wear out and I had to do a replacement so I can start budgeting for it. And then as part of all of this, because your house needs to be managed, you also need to manage all of the different finances of it, whether it's your household expenses, what your um, mortgage to equity value is, what your valuation of your house is, do you have coverage for enough of your contents in your house, and then everything else associated with the value of your house. Maintenance costs money, how can you project that budget? Projects cost money, how can you stay within budget? Most of the projects in the United States are over budget, which is problematic. So how do you stay within budget on your projects? And move forward. So basically, Homes Out is an all-in-one suite of all things home that you can track in the cloud, add as many documents and photos and details about your house, or as little. It's mm -hmm. entirely up to the user. <laughs> and when did this? When did you launch Homes Out? When did it start? Sure. And, uh, or I should say, when was that first version of the product available to you? Sure, that's a great question. So we decided as a team to put our jobs on December 31st. And then on January 1st, start what year? Homzada. And this was 2010 quit, 2011, okay. to start the new company. Didn't even take any time off. Just went for it. We were like excited. We we're getting ready to be in there. And it took us about a year, nine months to a year, to build the product. 
And um, did you do that yourselves, or did you outsource it to? That's a great question. So, um, David, my other co-founder, is the primary developer on the back end of the solution. However, we did need assistance with user experience and user design on the front end of the solution. So we did contract with another organization. At the time, we used an organization in Virginia because we couldn't find the right resources in town. Now that has changed. Our second rendition of the product and version of the product with a new look and feel, we actually found great UI UX designers in town and we hired them on contract. And in fact, for anybody in the startup community, this is really important, go to the events. Yeah. We actually found this um, company at the major startup grind summer party. Oh, okay, cool. So the first one they had, which I think was three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's where this we was the third one. We, the third one we had was just like a couple weeks ago. Exactly, great event. You'll get to meet new startups. You'll get to meet other people in the startup community. You'll meet people or resources that you may need, like attorneys, mm -hmm. like um, maybe you might need HR people. That's a little early, but maybe you might need that. Maybe you need help with finances, not only just funding, but also just setting up your financial structures. So all of those individuals will show up at these events, and that's how we met our company that we work with. I'll put a plug out there for them because I think they're amazing, Good World Media, and um, their team just really helped us deliver on um, this new user interface. But yes, we had to outsource that, and we're, we're okay with that mm -hmm. because sure. we know our skill sets, and um, that's also important when you are a startup. Know where your skill sets are, and don't be afraid to admit where you lack in some of those skills because you can always fill those gaps. And we're very honest as a team, and we're very fortunate. We've worked together for a very long time. So because of that, there's no hiding. So we know where each other's strengths and weaknesses are, and we embrace them. We said, where can we fill the gaps? And we do that with a lot of contractors in town. So that was 2011, and so you started in January 1, 2011. And when did you roll out your first product that was available to the general public? Sure. It was in, um, the soft launch was in October of 2011. So okay, about so 10 nine months. months. Yeah, 10, 10 months. months. Okay. Build the product. And then the official launch with marketing and, and all kinds of other details as it relates to a physical marketed launch was in January of 2012. Okay. About a year then. Yeah. And so um, it's not for the faint of heart, but we also knew what we were building. And our first um, version of the product only had inventory and only had maintenance. And while we were rolling that out, we were building projects and the ability to manage the model projects in the background. <coughs> so and like so, 2.0. Yes, exactly. And so we just kept adding on feature sets. So that's the other thing to keep in mind. Um, we believe in the concept of being startup. We believe in the concept of getting it out to market, testing it, and then at the same time adding features as things come alive. You'll find as um, if you're in the software world, you'll find maybe even other areas as well, you'll find that um, clients will help you understand what's important to them inside the solution. They will also help you understand what isn't important. And so you'll find as time goes on, you may start removing features, adding different features, moving things around in the product because usability um, becomes difficult. And so you want to improve on the user experience and the usability. And so we constantly are making tweaks to the product to enhance that. So and we those things the customers want may be something totally different than you expected, right? That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> Any stories about how you, you really wanted to have this feature and turns out nobody wanted it? Exactly. And one of those examples, which is odd, 
So we have users all over, all over the country. In fact, we have users in 20 countries outside the United States. And we don't market outside the United States. They just find us. So we have country, um, users in all states. We have both genders evenly distributed using our product. We also have all age groups using our product at different levels and for different purposes. One of those feature sets that, that we were talking about and one of those age groups is uh, our seniors or the silent generation. We never thought the seniors would ever be using Hamzada. Because of the tech, their tech. The tech, it's on mobile, whatever. We just didn't see it as a value set for them. What ended up happening, and one of the features they had requested was, I need to use the home inventory for estate planning purposes. Ah. And I was like, huh, that makes sense. And sure enough, something very simple. We added two little fields in the system and we created a PDF specific to um, a report basically specific to estate planning and the seniors were elated and I'm like okay and this also plays a role not only with seniors but even other generations that are starting to think about where do I want items to go? Where I don't want my children fighting over things, or I don't want any entities fighting over things. So how do I actually assign those items and then print this document and provide it to my estate attorney as an addendum? So that's an example of the different use cases as well as one slight need that people are looking for. It's amazing. Wow. So that was way back in 2012 or 2011. You actually launched. Where are you at now? What's 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 next? Uh, exciting things. Exciting things. So we continue to grow the product. So the first thing that we did, and we knew we made an investment in building out the platform of the product. We've since enhanced the user experience. We enhanced the mobile experience. We originally launched the product, and we had a mobile experience that was functional but not user friendly, and um, it was not well received. So what we did was, the first thing we did is, when we're enhancing this user experience, we're going to enhance the mobile experience. Totally to that. And the mobile experience is amazing. It's like mobile first now? So it's not necessarily mobile first because our users are split. This is also very unique because of the different age groups and the locations. It's 40% of our users are on desktop, 40% of our users are on mobile, and 10%, no, 20% of our users on tablets. And one of the things that we also noticed is our users go interchangeably. So they go from one device to the next device, still accessing the same platform. And so we also need consistency. So that's what we did. So we decided that we do have apps. However, our product is actually referred to, for most people, a um, responsive design. So the responsive design, for people who don't know what that is, is the system will recognize what device you're on and it'll size it accordingly. And so now that makes things um, challenging in a development structure because you're constantly testing for all those devices. So it's really, really important that you understand the user experience in that capacity. And it's made us better at product managers and developers. So that's one of the things that we've done. We've also enhanced some of the feature sets in the product, which is where we are today. So that's our big investment. So now we're focused on scale. So making sure we secure more customers, both on the consumer side as well as on the professional side. One of the things um, we realized we needed to do um, very early on was we had to meet the needs of our professionals. And our professionals are in categories like real estate, like insurance, like mortgage, um, home maintenance professionals, remodeling professionals, home builders. Those organizations want our solution 
to actually interact with their customers. They want our solution because they want to extend their brand with our customers. So not only are we also supporting our consumer clients, we're also supporting our professional clients. So we now are at a place where we need to scale both those categories of, of clients, but also we need to also scale in terms of our marketing capacity. So two things are happening because of that. One, we're building a lot of partnerships with a lot of very large organizations, including a lot of insurance companies, mortgage companies, etc. And I wish I could tell you who they were, but unfortunately I signed NDAs with a lot of everybody. Um, but when the announcements come, we will make sure to let everybody know. And then we are also out in um, the next phase of our funding. So we did raise a $2.4 million seed round, which helped us grow this organization. And then we are now looking for the next round of funding, excuse me, which is the Series A. And so we are looking and talking to a lot of different types of funding entities. And this is important for any startup to consider. We look at the traditional um, private equity VC route and we talk to those organizations. We've also talked to super angels because some of those individuals are interested in funding our, our organization. The other thing we've looked at is, um, and these organizations have approached us, they're family funds. So family funds are a little bit non-traditional in terms of VC. They act kind of similarly, but families come together or one family comes together because they have a lot of money and they want to invest in certain technology or certain types of startups. And this could be anything from technology to um, products to services to anything, nonprofits. And basically what happens is they take a look at your organization and say, I want to invest. The fourth category of investment opportunities that we're talking to, because it's relevant to us from our professional side, is corporate ventures. There's a lot of organizations, I think in 2012 there was like four to 500 corporate ventures, and by 2014 there were over 2,500, so somewhere upwards of 3,000 corporate venture firms inside traditional companies. And what they decided to do was take set aside money to make investments in organizations that are directly correlated to their businesses. And it could be internal business structures, it could be um, um, external, it could be growth for the future, it could be customer types of solutions, but they are looking at um, investing in types of companies to do that. And we are talking to a lot of those organizations because they believe in what we offer. Now, as part of that situation, this is just a heads up for all those startups out there, those corporate ventures oftentimes want to make sure that you're aligned with a business unit inside your company. So sometimes that can turn into what we refer to as a sales cycle or an enterprise sales cycle. So you need to get your ducks in a row as it relates to I want to work with this corporate venture, but I also want to make sure that we're aligned in a business unit. So understand the company before you go and start pitching to them on the corporate side, meaning the venture side. Understand their business model so that you can show them exactly how your company can support their company. So you probably have to do a lot of research then uh, to to know if you're, how you can align with that, right? Yes, you do. And I'm a firm believer, like... Um, Maybe this is my sales background, but know your audience. Uh -huh. Whether you're pitching to a VC or um, an angel or what have you, whether you're pitching to a corporate VC or even selling your product to a large entity, understand their business model, get that information as much as you can. You won't get everything because you're not working inside the organization, but get as much as you can so that you can put your best foot forward and you can present 
the solution as it is specific to that particular You understand their problem so that you can exactly. address how you're going to solve it, right? Exactly. And you know, we talked a little bit briefly about the different partners that Hamzada has. Our solution provides similar value to all of them, but it's different terminology we need to use, and it's different um, slightly value propositions yeah. or, or needs that we are solving. So we call out those specifics when we are talking to those partners. So, you know, maybe to segue that into a little bit, you're, you're got to be spending a lot of time looking for this funding, and you're also one of the members of the cohort uh, fourth wave. Um, so I'm kind of curious how fourth wave is helping you do that, and maybe you can explain what fourth wave is a little bit, and how that group of female founders is helping you uh, take Homes Out to the next level. Yeah, sure, that's fantastic. So fourth wave is um, a new. I believe they want to call themselves an accelerator, so a new accelerator that's comprised of female and male mentors, which I think is very important, and it's individuals that have had experience in startups, individuals who have had experience or are currently involved in um, investment. For instance, one individual in this group, she actually started and ran Intel's um, corporate venture firm. Cheryl. Yes, Cheryl. Inside, inside Intel, it's one of the biggest and one of the earliest venture firm, corporate venture firms ever in this country. So, I mean, she understands the ability to actually make investments into companies and she understands what investors are looking for. And that's Cheryl's one example, but the rest of the team is in the same boat. And Margaret has quite a bit of experience in that too. Absolutely. And so they bring all that to the table. Not to mention, they also bring to the table their actual skill sets at their previous companies. So many of these these individuals may have run a fund, but they also may have um, been head of marketing. They may have also been in HR roles. They just have a better understanding of overall um, corporate and company management. Mm -hmm. And um, they bring that to the table, which is really, really valuable and very important. What they then do is, there's group settings where everyone meets and everyone discusses their challenges. And what I also appreciate about this group is um, this group is made up of medtech, biotech, agtech, um, technolo- pure technology companies, I mean, IT tech, and a variety of others. I mean, it's a different group of, of women coming together, and it proves that there's diversity in what women need and what they are willing to build for the world. And so um, that's one area that this brings us together. The other thing that they do is they have one-on-one mentoring, and these one-on-one mentoring um, capabilities are weekly. And the mentoring happens in two phases. There's one phase that you're assigned a mentor that focuses in on the business aspects of growing your, your business. You look at um, where your strengths are, where your gaps are, where do you fill the gaps, and how can everyone in the fourth wave community help. And the fourth wave community is beyond just the initial mentors and the fourth wave um, individuals leading that organization. It is a connection of other mentors and individuals outside um, the fourth wave, but all throughout Sacramento. So there's a ton of resources in Sacramento for people to leverage. So it's fantastic and fourth wave is bringing them all together. The next thing that they do is um, they're mentoring you on those types of business aspects, but the other aspect they're mentoring you on is conscious leadership. And um, I'll admit, at first I was not aware of what this was going to mean, 
but it helps you identify how you communicate your message, to whom you're communicating, and also helps you internally sometimes get out of your own way. As entrepreneurs, we have a lot going on and we're super busy. We may have a set of skill set that we know is is happening and, and we want to push forward and push forward. But what ends up happening is we tend to push forward on the wrong things. And I forgive right or wrong, but on the things that maybe don't matter as much as the priorities. And so this conscious thinking capability actually helps us understand how to find what the priorities are, how to understand how to communicate our message, and when to do it. And so it's really, really important that you bring these two um, items together, both the financial and the business aspects, mm -hmm. as well as learning more about yourself and what you're capable of, but also where you need to move. And it's really important because of the diversity I told you about on the different um, women that are in mm -hmm. this cohort. Some women are scientists and they've never had business experience and that's a good thing because there's plenty of mentors in Sacramento that are willing to support on that. So they got different backgrounds and they're all different level stages I should yeah. say uh, of starting the business too right? That's correct yeah so you've got companies in there who have been in business for years and they're at the next phase where they want to go into growth and they want to go into scale. Um, you've got companies in there that are brand new and they're in the um, I want to say incubation stage of building their business. They've got the idea now they need to start executing and how are they going to do that? So there's a couple of those. There's others that are in there they've got IP that has maybe had patents or they have some registrations of some sort depending on the type of product it is and they need to understand now that I've got this now what where do I go from here what type of company do I build there's some people in the group they're looking at business models is this the best business model for your business or do you need to migrate um, for someone like Hamzada as we said we're all about scale so fourth wave is helping us find investors they're helping us find um, even partnerships with other companies in these large companies to see who's connected to whom and they're all over the world. So how can we actually form relationships with them in leveraging our networks, which is key. And believe it or not, there's a big network community in not only Fourth Wave, but in Sacramento, mm -hmm. who also know people from all over the place. Because um, me being a transport, I notice that there's a lot of people in this area that either are raised here, but there's a lot of people that come from other parts of the world, and they're connected, mm -hmm. which just makes Sacramento a great place to leverage a network. Hmm, interesting. So I'm guessing as in, in addition to the um, the mentoring and help you're getting that this this cohort's been together for seven, eight weeks now, maybe a couple months. How is that team coalescing and, and bonding and what's that camaraderie and and network within like it's it's, it's got to be supportive and, and, a, and a great thing for you guys i imagine it is i mean so a couple things happen so where someone is strong someone else may have weaknesses and so we're helping each other with those with those i guess overcoming some of those weaknesses or filling those gaps so that's the one area that's happening the other thing that's happening um during these um calls that we have we have monthly calls as well as um more in-person calls which also are very helpful we're getting status checks of where everybody is and a good example of that is um we had uh, a status check meeting i want to say two weeks ago and it was an in-person meeting at the urban hive so another shout out out there by the way so if anyone hasn't been to the urban hive or any of the other co 
locating working spaces. Definitely check them out in town. They're just amazing. You'll meet great people. Um, but we had a meeting at this um, location, Urban Hive, and we were able to get a status of where everybody was. And immediately, everybody had connections that they needed to provide somebody else for your business. I'm like, let me talk to this person. I'm going to actually interview this person because I think this is going to enhance your business. Let me talk to this person. What do you want to do? Okay, great. And each organization has different networks that they bring to the table, but you'd be surprised. So there's one individual in the group. She has, um, uh, she's, she's from traditional tech, IT tech, and she's building um, a cap that is safety. So um, Kim Box is building this for safety. And I said, I have packaged people in the packaging industry because a long time ago, I was in the packaging industry and specifically caps. I said, I have people that I think you should talk to. And she goes, great. Send them over. So you see the networks and the connections. It's happening. a network of networks. Yeah. Exactly, and you don't know where people originally started in their industry, which is fantastic because when you have environments where you connect with people and you have this camaraderie, in, in whether you're women, gen, men, whatever, you actually start realizing that you can help each other out more often. But you have to acknowledge and let everybody know what's happening in your business and where you need help. And so that was the one thing that we all also are very adamant about. What's your ask? What do you need help with? Where, where are you going? Let's get takeaways to see how we can actually help each other and support each other. So where's the cohort out? Uh, how many more weeks before the program or the cohort ends for fourth wave? Um, I believe it's only a few more weeks. Uh -huh. However, we're extending it. Oh, okay. Yes. So we're having a major event in October, early October, that will bring investors, um, our cohorts, our mentors, and a variety of other individuals, potentially the press, together to actually talk about what happened during the fourth, the fourth wave program, what are the results of it, but also helping finalize um, pitches and communication strategies to these investors so that if there's an opportunity for these investors to invest in any one of these companies, the, the fourth wave was bringing everyone together. And that's half the battle. Most investors don't even know who's who in the zoo unless you talk to them. And so a lot of times it's a matter of asking for what you need. And I think that um, I think sometimes women have a harder time to do that than men. And investors want to hear from everyone. They want to know what's out there because they don't want to miss an opportunity. And that's the big, um, I guess, takeaway with this. If you are anyone as an entrepreneur, the word, what's the worst that could happen if you ask? They say, no. no, it's only two letters. That's all it is. And you just go, okay, and maybe not no, or maybe not now. So it's not a bad place to be. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna have that big event and we're all excited for it. We're all prepping to get our messaging straight, our pitches down, and then um, we'll know more about this event probably in the next couple weeks. Okay, so that sounds like it's gonna be a great opportunity to shine a spotlight on, on not only fourth wave, but something you and I were talking about previously is, is maybe, Shining a spotlight on Sacramento as a as a model for female founders and entrepreneurship here. Um, any thoughts on how we can make Sacramento a, a hub, a mecca, if you will, for female founders? I think it's I think it's super easy to do, and um, I think the first thing you take into consideration is Sacramento is a very family friendly town. I mean, it just is. I mean, there's great schools here, mm -hmm. there's great parks, there's great environments, there's a lot of things to do, and people are committed to their children 
And part of that, they can do that not only because of the school systems and all the outdoor activities, but it's affordable. Mm -hmm. You can raise children in homes with backyards and what have you. And I'm not saying you can't do that in other places in the world, but I'm saying you get the best of both worlds. You get the affordability, relatively speaking, it's California, it's not Arkansas, <laughs> relatively speaking, and you get the close proximity to places like the Bay Area. And it's a quick drive, you know, obviously you gotta work in the traffic, but it is a quick drive, relatively speaking. You don't have to get on a plane to go get funding in New York or some other location. And you can actually grow a great company here. I mean, there's good, solid ground of people. We were talking about that. And I think it's a common theme that a lot of people see. Um, at the previous company, Meridian, we had a lot of employees, and many of them were from here. Just solid, valuable people that to this day are still with the parent company, Trimble. I mean, just amazing um, individuals and ethical people. I think you've got grounded people, I think you've got ethical people, you've got, you've got family people, and you build a strong culture around that. So I think female founders can do that here. I think they've got proximity to the Bay Area so they can easily get to the Bay Area and um, secure funding and get networking in. They have the flexibility of working from Weatherstone, old soul, <laughs> because it's so much fun. There's a ton of different environments around town where you can work, whether it's at a coffee shop or whether it's at the shared workspaces in Co-working town. Space. It's there's plenty to do, and they're all over town, which I also think is really valuable. Is um, one of the things that I think a lot of people realize about Sacramento a little bit is that. The, the entrepreneurs and the startups are all over the region. So they're not just in Sacramento, they're also in um, Folsom and they're in Rockville and they're in Auburn and they're in Davis and everything else. Now, there's still activities going on in all of those areas. And so it's easy to drive everywhere and to be in multiple locations because we don't have the same kind of traffic that the Bay Area does. And I think that that's another excuse to be here. And build a family as well, even if you're not, if you don't have a family right now and you're considering it, you've already set the framework and the foundation to start your family in a place where you'll feel confident and comfortable raising kids. In fact, um, some of the companies we worked with, it was couples that actually used to live in New York City. They love New York City, but they were originally from this area. And they started having children and they said, you know, I don't want to raise my kids in New York City. It's not that raising kids in New York City is bad. I just want to move back to a town that really has good value systems to raise my kids. And not to mention, my parents are close by. So why wouldn't I do that? So we're seeing a lot of that um, in a lot of other areas of the country as well. And it's a great place for women to really put roots and to grow companies. There's a lot of opportunity. Good to hear. So one final question I typically like to ask. Um, any words of advice for young entrepreneurs out there, female or male, um, looking to start their own startup, what, what are some lessons learned or some advice you can give to help them on their way? Holy cow. Do you have all day? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Top one or two. Um, yeah, so I think the first thing is, if you've got an idea, go for it. I mean, obviously you have to do your research and you have to do your due diligence and um, determine whether it's a viable opportunity. Mm-hmm. And you can do that through focus groups or alpha groups with your friends. Mm-hmm. You can do it with your friends, mm-hmm. yourself, etc. Um, that's the first thing. Go for it. If you really, really have done your due diligence, go for it. Because you may look at yourself and go, mm, I wish I had done this. 
and then someone else is going to do it anyway because that will happen so that's the first thing the second thing is um i really believe and we talked about this earlier know where your strengths and your weaknesses are and be okay with your weaknesses because you're going to be able to find people to fill those gaps and i think a lot of people feel that they have to be perfect and they have to be perfectly ready to start a company and I think that's the silliest thing ever because as you're building your company you're gonna see okay well this has changed and that has changed and you know a good example of that is marketing marketing is not the same as it was <laughs> 10 years ago five years ago 20 years ago it's just not the same and it's ever evolving so you're gonna be learning along the way and if you are a person that is willing to teach yourself don't gain knowledge from anyone else and you really have passion for what you're doing this is an opportunity for you but you need to understand where you're not good in order to fill that gap and to educate yourself or find people that can yeah. support you okay good advice so last any shout out well first of all we should say homezada how can people find homezada and on the web on the app store how can people find it yes yeah, so you can find homezada on the web at www.homezada.com h-o-m-e-z-a-d-a -E just for anyone who knows it <laughs> and then you can find it on both the google play and the itunes app stores okay any last shout outs to anybody out there yeah, so I'm going to shout out to quite a few people. So I just all talked about some of the co-working spaces. So shout out to the Urban Hive. We've been able to meet a lot of people out there. Um, shout out to Startup Grind. If you really want to know um, some more about um, what entrepreneurs are doing and even uh, SAC Startup, Startup SAC, excuse me, you'll read and listen and hear from founders of companies and what their struggles were if you're really unsure what you're doing so take a look at that and then I'll shout out again to Good World Media because I really believe that they are a quality group of people who really understand user experience and user design as it relates to software products. Awesome. Well thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks. And best of luck with Thumbs Out and Fourth Wave. Thank you so much. All right.